I'm Belle. And I'm Ellen. And welcome to Hot Goss History. We are your favorite weekly history podcast where we talk about all these saucy history stories that you never learned in high school. So Ellen, uh, what's the hot goss? So today we're talking about Warren G. Harding. The president? The president. Okay. The president. (laughs) So... To me, Warren Harding, very boring. One of the ones you kind of just like skip over because nothing Mm -hmm. like that exciting happened during his presidency. Wait, was he the maybe gay one? No. Okay, that's Zachary Taylor. Our listeners are screaming right now and they're saying, Belle, you're dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, but I know nothing about Warren. So, yeah. So he was different. The opposite, I would say, uh, as a gay president, he was very into the ladies. He had uh, many lovers throughout his life. Yes. Which are some of my favorite uh, topics for hot class <laughs> history. I am, I'm about that for you. I love that you like to deal with man sluts. That's a, that's a good vibe. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but it really, it does bring me joy. Warren G. Harding was the 29th president of the United States. To start off, he was born in November, the 2nd of November, 1865, in Blooming Grove, Ohio, which is kind of the middle of nowhere. Yeah, the armpit of America. Yes. I met a random British old man yesterday who was like, I just have to ask, where are you from? And he told me he used to live in Ohio and was like, I hated it. It's the worst place I've ever been in my whole life. I was like, oh, that tracks, sir. That's aggressive. (laughs) Okay. I love Cleveland. Do you really? I do. I have family that lives there. My brother went there, went to school there. He's obsessed with it. It's fun. It's a little gem, a little gem in Ohio. Hey, you know, if all else (laughs) fails, we're always going to be hot in Cleveland. So, I mean, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Born in 1865, he died um, during his presidency in his third year of presidency in 1923 in San Francisco. We'll get into that a little bit later, but he is the eldest child of George Tyron Harding and Phoebe Dickinson Harding. Okay, so Warren Harding kind of throughout his whole life was kind of average is the thing I got. He wasn't like super smart. He wasn't super outgoing. He just was kind of there, but I did find that he was very handsome and very well-dressed and well-groomed. So people were like very into him and he like kind of rose to power because of that. Being well-dressed and well-groomed. It's like that one clip we were just talking about, like you have to put, as long as you put some effort for it, that's doing something. Mm-hmm. Like you can be super smart and be a dick and also dress poorly and nobody cares how smart you are. Yeah. Like do something. (laughs) So he was kind of bouncing around. He didn't really have passion to start in terms of a job. But then in 1884, he bought a newspaper in Marion, Ohio, and it was called the Marion Star. And that apparently was where he really started to kind of flourish. He like really liked his paper. Mm-hmm. He was really excited about it and, you know, wanted to make it successful. So then seven years after he bought the newspaper, he married his wife, Florence Kling DeWolf. And she was pretty cool, actually. She helped transform the Marion Star into a financial success. So mm. she, her father had a store, I guess, when she was growing up. So she learned a lot about like business <clears throat> and keeping the books and all that. So she helped catapult the newspaper to actual success and then kind of based on being like a successful newspaper man that's what kind of kicked off his career into politics he then started 
in like the Marian social elite circles, he starts like hanging out with them. And he was asked to join corporate boards and was mingling with the elites. Then he was drawn into Republican politics. So that was kind of his Wait. trajectory up. Wait, what year is this? 1884 is when he started the paper. Okay, so this is when Republicans were still like the cool Republicans. They were like, we just freed the slaves, right? This is yeah. before the big fiscal shift or where are we at? This is, we've, we've kind of shifted. He was okay, aligned okay. with um, the conservative party called the Old Guard. And they were against the U.S. being in the League of Nations and they were friendly to business. So okay. that was kind of There's, their calling card. So like Ron Paul, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just Googled Marion and it's kind of small. I'm surprised. Like 30,000 people. 36,000? Madison's like 250,000, I think. I think Bristol is like 750. Madison is 254,977 and Bristol is... Nope, 467 and 99. Harding, um, he's starting to like be in the movers and shakers of Ohio. Um, And then he was elected a state senator in 1899 and served there for uh, till 1902 and then he became the lieutenant governor and then he was defeated in his bid for governorship in 1910 i don't know not that exciting but then <laughs> he ended up running as um a presidential candidate and his kind of thing during the election was a pledge to return to normalcy after world war okay. one so he runs for president And at the time, like up until that time, he won the popular vote by the greatest margin, like up until then, like we've had people surpass it now, but it was the largest margin that we had had, which I thought was intriguing. Were they two party at this point or were, did they still have like a shitload? No, it seemed like it was pretty much. Okay. 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 So that's like, that's how he becomes president. Mm-hmm. You know, that part to me, not that salacious, not really the mm-hmm. goss, but now into the ladies is my favorite part. Hey. He's got a wife. I guess Ben had a wife too, but yeah. All right. Yes. So Let's get into it. he has a wife. So his wife is Florence Harding and she actually, this, her marriage to Warren Harding was her second marriage. So she, um, when she was like 19, uh, had a child out of wedlock and then ended up like eloping and marrying that dude. But her family like did not like him, did not approve of him. And then like, kind of turns out they're right. He like, wasn't that great. And so she ended up like leaving him. Um, so she had a child, but like with her previous husband, none with Warren. And she, like I said, was pretty cool. And she really helped him like achieve his political aspirations, like achieve success with the newspaper. So I thought she was awesome. Once we get to his death though, there people were like started to like drag her because he he died. He's on this, um, like campaign tour basically for his reelection. Um, and he's, like going through the West coast and he gets really sick at one point and we think it was food poisoning, but doctors were like, not that great at the time. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) he's on a train. They know he's really sick. So they divert him into San Francisco. They get him to a hotel. Then they're not really sure what happens at the, at the time people said it was a stroke, but now like looking back, doctors 
think it was a heart attack. They were just okay. like doctors back then didn't know yeah. the signs of a heart attack or like didn't know the symptoms, things like that. So, but he ends up dying like really suddenly he's not that old. And then like after he dies, Florence has him embalmed like hours after he's dead. Like she oh. doesn't want them to do an autopsy. Yeah. She's like immediately has him embalmed. And so then everyone's like, that's juicy. Right. They're like, uh, that's a little sketchy. Like, <laughs> did she poison him? Like, did she find yeah. out about all of these like lady friends and then mm-hmm. poison him? So we don't know, but at mm-hmm. the time, like there was a huge rumor mill about it, but people yeah. now don't think that he is actually poisoned. They think it really was a heart attack, but we don't really know. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, side note though, I mean, I feel like, okay, assuming she didn't poison him, right? She's in San Francisco with him, right? She's there with him. Okay. So, well, first of all, we don't know how anybody's going to grieve. Like, that's a whole thing that we've kind of talked about in general. If you, from, I've never lost anybody, like, that's like a, I've lost like a, like a favorite aunt. I've lost like grandparents, but I haven't lost like a first degree relative. And I, from what I've heard though, if you can do something that your body will just like latch onto that. And I'm, my guess is like, she's just like, what's something that needs to be done that I can figure out. I can call a funeral parlor. Right. Right. Or like, also they're traveling. Where the fuck is she going to put his body? Right. Right. There are definitely reasons why. And you know, everyone likes a story. Everyone likes to gossip. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here today. So <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. But that part was fun. Yeah. No, so for sure. that's his wife. Next, we get to his first mistress. Her name is Carrie Phillips. So Carrie okay. is described as tall and attractive uh, mm. in some of the sources that I read. She Not me. is at. <laughs> Just, wait, how tall are you? You're like five four. I'm five and five. I'm five four and three quarters as of a week ago. Oh, mm-hmm. I went to add my at a physical done. So that's t- that's mm-hmm. the average. Well, five five is the average height of an American woman. So sorry, no, it's five four actually because no. I always prided my. It's five four. I prided myself of being an oh. inch above average. Yeah, well, so my daughter feel... said five five. Well, I'm also five. Well, I am five five. Not also, but oh, but, uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> Well, I guess Ellen wins in this dick measuring contest. (laughs) So yeah, we're apparently not as tall as Carrie. I don't have her measurements, Mm -hmm. but she is the wife of Harding's longtime friend, James Phillips. Okay. Oh, oh. So scandal. Yeah. Scandal. Yeah. But their tryst started in 1905 in Marion, Ohio. So like we said, pretty small town. Everything happens in Marion. Exactly. Um, Their rendezvous lasted for 15 years, which was really long. Yeah. She was a German sympathizer who lived on Mm. and off in Berlin. And like at that time in American history, like not great for everyone's a nazi nazis ruin everything let's put it that way man yeah she once tried to blackmail him into voting against the declaration of war with germany yeah (sighs) yeah i know she's like i'll tell everyone we're boning if you don't do this basically (laughs) and they write like a ton of letters back and forth Mm -hmm. um and we have there are a bunch of letters where they're talking politics and he's like yeah you know i can't vote for things like that or like it doesn't make sense that you support mm-hmm. things like that. So I think that's really wild 
to have this mistress that's like yeah. completely opposed to what you should be doing as like the leader of the free world. Well, they, they there's like a, oh, I mean, I'm totally going to butcher it. And I know this is not the right thing, but there's a whole like saying about how men want a quiet wife and an opinionated mistress. The arguing, well, think about like, like the trope, like people like argue and they're like, oh, they got the hate. They're so butting heads. Like, yeah, she's forbidden because she's a Nazi, but she's hot. And it's a whole, not that I'm saying Nazis are hot, but I, that's <laughs> wor- that's the only way my brain can rationalize this. I mean, I guess that makes sense. And from like a, you know, social standing. Yeah. Having a wild or loud wife is maybe uh, also not good like at the plausible time. deniability. They'd be like, right. Are you screwing her? No, she's a Nazi. Right. Which like makes it extra bad, but like <laughs> so yeah, so not great. And in 1920, the Republican National Committee wants him to be their major candidate. And so mm-hmm. the Republican National Committee ends up bribing Mr. and Mrs. Phillips. Um, with a cruise to Japan. So like a long cruise to Japan so that they're like out of the way when oh when nominations are happening. Yeah. So they also everybody know that they're having sex? It doesn't seem like it's, it's not like public, like the public doesn't like a, know yet, but people. It's kind of an open secret. Yeah. Does, yeah, does so does Mr. Uh, Phillips and Florence, do they know? So Mr. Phillips now knows okay and and from what i've read it seems like florence does know about all of the mistresses she just kind of yeah uh, things had said like their marriage wasn't very passionate and like i don't know i don't like reading things like that because i'm like how do you know what their love life is i guess i mean maybe we probably don't know of course but like I wondering because like i'm cool if they're just like they're bros and they have an open relationship yeah get it or if she's just like I married for money and I tolerate this, whatever. Right. Maybe right. she's like, this is my second husband. They both sucked. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm, I'm in it. I get to I can buy whatever lady. I want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, oh, that's some things I, I forgot about. She was really cool, like a really cool first lady. Um, and she kind of opened up the, the White House um, and had a bunch of tours of the White House and would often like go on them as well and like tried to to make make it more accessible like to the public she also okay about like the media um and like using radio and helping kind of bring the presidency and to like the communication future so she was really cool in in other regards anyway so the republican national committee bribes mr and mrs phillips with a cruise to japan so they're out of the way they also give them twenty thousand dollars in cash like at the time of the cruise, and then a monthly payments of $5,000 to keep them quiet. Holy fucking shit. (laughs) Wait, so is that in today's money or then money? That was in then money. So a lot of, a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Wait, so what year year is this? Uh, This would have been 1920. Okay, keep going. I'm looking this up. Yeah. So basically they're, they're worried about scandal with the nomination and are like, okay, we want Harding because he people like him and people ended up liking him because they not they elected him but we don't want it to come out that he's sleeping with a german sympathizer yeah yeah holy shit okay so you said twenty thousand dollars initially yeah that's two hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars two hundred sixty nine four hundred ninety thousand dollars off the bat and then how much was it five thousand per week per month five thousand per month uh yeah they're making sixty seven 
thousand and change per month. Just to, that's a lot of money. Wait, that's so much money. Yeah. I, and, and I mean, that's not including purchasing power. That's just flat out. So like purchasing power, that's a lot more. Whoa. They, they really, I mean, I mean, let's not doing so much for the Republicans today who claim that the Republican party is not invented by rich people. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's just a, all for keep. They really like, they thought, they thought that would ruin him that I guess. Yeah. It would ruin him quite a bit, but like, well, it would then today, probably not. Right. Well, but like, it's also like, yeah, if you are that concerned about it, ruining him, isn't there another Make, candidate? Yeah. Find somebody else. I know. I mean, like, I'm trying to think of like an equivalent today. And all I can think of is like this person is like, maybe our presidential candidate is having an affair with, you know, a jihad sympathizer. I don't even know if I said that right. I probably didn't say it right. Somebody who supports the the terror bit of the war on terror. And that's a whole can of worms. Let's get out of Iraq, whatever, all that business. Yes. Let's just, let's just leave. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, but like, I can't even be, yeah. I, yeah. No. Why would they just pick someone else? I don't know. The other thing is that his presidency, like it's often like ranked or voted like the one of the worst presidencies that we've ever had. So nice. like knowing that in retrospect, it's like, ooh, probably wasn't worth it. <laughs> So we're in this time, we're in the time of prohibition, but there's always like a steady flow of alcohol. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And they would get around it and get the alcohol because it was medical supplies in air quotes. Uh, And he also, his presidency was just like riddled with scandals. The biggest one being the teapot dome scandal, which was, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but one of his cabinet members basically like sold rights to the teapot dome area to oil and gas companies and then was pocketing like large sums of money from it. So, and maybe I'm going on a tangent now, but things I read were that Harding wasn't super I th- it, it almost seemed like he had like imposter syndrome. Like he didn't feel super confident that he should be in this like position of power, basically. Like um, same though. Yeah. Right. Which is understandable. Um, but then people kind of theorize like he ended up filling his cabinet with, you know, old time friends or people from back home that also probably weren't incredibly qualified, but like he, he wanted to surround himself with people that made him feel comfortable. And that is maybe what led to a lot of these scandals that happened. Like you have a lot of people that aren't yeah. qualified for the position that they're in. At the same time though, if he's like, I'm not really qualified, whatever, I'm going to get reelected again anyway. I'll just have fun for four years. I mean, that's what probably, it seems like he kind of almost got like pushed into the nomination. Yeah. Like again, we, so I'm sure he's thinking, well, no one's going to reelect me. Well, I- I don't know, because he goes, when he dies, he's, like, going on, like, a re-election tour, basically. So, okay, well. you know, maybe once you're in there for three years, your mind's That power changed. trip but, hits hard. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so I got us off on a tangent, but him and Carrie Phillips have their affair, and they exchanged lots of love letters throughout this 15-year affair. So the love letters were discovered in 1963. There are 
1,000 pages of letters between Phillips and Harding, um, and they now are actually in the Library of Congress. And pretty recently, within you know the past like 20 years, yeah. they were um, like published in the Aye. Library of Congress, so you, you can read them. But they were written between 1910 and 1920, and Phillips kept the letters hidden for 40 years. Yeah. So it's really funny. One of the letters I read, he's like, Carrie, like, can you please destroy the letters? Like, you're not always very careful with them. And I don't want people to find them and find out about this, which is so funny. And then I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm reading this man's like very personal thoughts. No, 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 no. <laughs> if somebody's, if you're having an affair with someone, someone, you have zero right to ask them for discretion. Yeah. None. No, but no. He, she what like she did keep them very discreet they only oh, yeah, were for find, sure. found after her death like she dies and then someone's like cleaning out her stuff basically and finds them and then this part was a little strange but philip's family finds them and then tries to sell them to a harding biographer in 1963 and then Warren Harding's nephew, Dr. George Harding, is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's not publish those. Those belonged. Oh. Yeah. So he stops the use of the letters via a lawsuit. Um, and then okay. the letters are closed by a judge in July on July 29th, 1964. Mm-hmm. Wait, who, uh, what kind of judge would, because those clearly were not the property of anybody in the Harding estate. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Why they like sided with him. Yeah. But they agreed to close them for a a number of years. Oh, they settled? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so. He he had to like pay a settlement fee though? He, yeah. George Harding ends up buying the letters. He buys them from the Phillips heirs. So. Okay. They can't release them. Fine by me, man. But then in 1972, that Dr. George Harding donates the letters to the Library of Congress with the stipulation. So he donates them to keep them safe. But the stipulation is that they remain closed for 50 years until July 29th, 2014. Ah! So that's when they become available. Yes. And I have a nice selection of these love letters for you. Oh, yeah, baby. salacious okay so i'm so ready <clears throat> this letter is from january 1912 and here we go so this is written from harding to phillips i love your poise of perfect thighs when they hold me in paradise i love the rose your garden grows love seashell pink that over it glows i love to suck your breath away i love to cling they're long to stay. I love your garbed, but naked more. I love your beauty to thus adore. I love you when you open eyes and mouth and arms and cradling thighs. If I had you today, I'd kiss and fondle you into my arms and hold you there until you said, Warren, oh, Warren, in a benediction of blissful joy. I rather like that encore discovered in Montreal. Did you? Oh my God. I know. I know. Okay. For our listeners, as I'm reading, I'm seeing Belle's reaction in the Zoom. (laughs) She's going wild. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Let me just, I gotta, I got so many things in my head. Okay. Um, first off, man's could write. Yeah. Like yeah clearly he likes thighs which like same thick thighs save lives i feel like every every uh 
millennial and younger man who's ever sexted like yeah nobody wants to see your dick give me some of that like write me a poem about yeah Uh uh-huh yeah oh my that was like I'm not even I'm not even mad that he's cheating on his wife because like he's clearly he loves this woman like yeah because she knows right okay so let's I'm not saying it's fine to cheat on your partner However, assuming that they have some semblance of ethical non-monogamy going on here, that's fine. And I mean, I think that there's not that I'm somebody that could, that is interested in ethical non-monogamy or non-monogamy in general. I don't know. I mean, clearly the French have been doing it for a long ass time and they seem to be doing okay. This is cue in where my dad says, the French, they're doing terribly right now. Have you seen their economy lately? And I'm like... (laughs) Oh my God. Like you could absolutely read those love letters as like softcore porn. Like that's exactly what they are. Like they're sex. Yeah. Yes. I know that one is wild. I have some other letters for you, but in some of them, he refers to his package um, as Jerry. He has a pet name for it. What? But why Jerry? What if her kid's name was Gerald? What is it with presidents and naming their junk? I don't know. Like Lyndon B. Johnson and Jumbo. I also saw that he like referred to her um, family jewels as Mrs. Pooterson. <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Wait, put the P. Pooterson. <laughs> That's just mean. I don't want my bits called Mrs. <laughs> So it's Jerry and Mrs. Pooterson. I have another letter for you. This one's a, a, not a poem, unfortunately, but hey, there that's is, okay. there's quite a bit in there. So this one was from September 1913. Honestly, I hurt with insatiate longing until I feel that there will never be any relief until a long breath withdraw on your lips and then bury my face in your pillowing breasts. Oh, Carrie, I want the solace you only can give. It is awful to hunger so and be so wholly denied. Wouldn't you like to hear me ask if we only dared an answer? We dare. While souls rejoicing sang the sweetest choruses in the music room. Wouldn't you like to get sopping wet out on Superior, not the lake, for the joy Sorry for the joy of fevered fondling and melting kisses. Wouldn't you like to make the suspected occupant of the next room jealous of the joys he could not know as we did on the morning, as we did in morning communion at Richmond. So there's another one. (laughs) Oh my God. Superior, not the lake as somebody who grew up literally five minutes by foot from Lake Superior, I feel violated in kind of a good way, to be honest. I mean, that particular line of wouldn't you like to get sopping wet? <laughs> wet? I'm like, oh. okay. Everybody who's like, what is so sexual? These kids with their newfangled music. Like this is a, this is America's commander in chief, man. Yes. yes. Yeah. This is wow. Carrie Phillips had the OG WAP. yeah all right and I have one more excerpt we'll see if we need to have all three in there because you might get tired of hearing (laughs) me speak oh never (laughs) (laughs) this one goes oh Carrie mine you can see I have yielded and written myself into a wild desire I could beg and Jerry came and will not go says he loves you that you are only the one only love worthwhile in all this world I must take you so 
and a score or more of other fond things he suggests. But I spare you. You must not be annoyed. He is so utterly devoted that he only exists to give you all. I fear you would find a fierce enthusiast today. So that's uh, him and Jerry uh, in cahoots there. (laughs) (laughs) If we have a listener who's a therapist or a psychiatrist, psychologist, I, there has to be something, okay, naming your, um, naming your primary sex characteristics, there has to be something that that indicates. I mean, is it like a transference thing? Like, it's not me doing it, it's Jerry doing it, right? Like, I wonder though, are, in terms, I don't know, in terms of like letter writing, yeah. that feels like a little like more okay to me. Because, like, if someone intercepts your letter, I don't necessarily need it to say, like, my penis, you know? Sure, but you could so nobody's talking about, even if we didn't have Jerry. Like, I'm pretty, unless, okay, it's either that or someone gets very concerned that there's, like, some unwilling third <laughs> man being brought to this encounter. <laughs> oh, poor Jerry, damn. But I do agree, like, in person, if someone started referring to it by a name, that would, mm-hmm. that would freak me yeah. out. I would not I, enjoy that. Yeah. Any of our listeners with penis, do you guys have names for your uh, penises? Do they have yeah. nicknames? Please drop it in and, the comments. And, 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 <laughs> and if they have a nickname, how does your partner feel about that? Male or female? I mean, I, or, did or your not. partner name, name it for you? It's true. Is it, oh, like in uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and she names his penis Princess Sophia? Yes. Exactly. exactly. And he's like, if you're going to name my member as something ultra masculine, like Kron. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, honestly, the art of love letter writing lost, like reading these. Yes. I'm like, oh, I feel like I feel a little weird about it. But if if a man wrote me a nice love letter, salacious or not, I would be smitten. Absolutely smitten. So I literally have a book that is inspired by a prop book from Sex and the City called Love Letters of Great Men and Women. I'm showing Ellen right now. It says inspired by Sex and the City. I might have to like read some of these for an app because some of these are saucy from what I remember. It's been a couple of years since I read it, but to my Bumble dates, get on it, man. Like to Ellen's dates, uh, we would like some love letters. Um, they can be... <laughs> They they can be G rated, but like also like maybe make them not G rated. Like get it get into it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so him and Carrie had that correspondence for a long time. We end up like bribing her, writing her off eventually, and then we have Warren Harding's other mistress. Um, her name is Nan Britton. So Nan is described in a couple places as a pretty blonde. She's 30 years younger than Harding. Ooh. Quite the age difference. Yeah. So the affair here began in 1917 when they met. So she also lived in Marion. Everyone lives in Marion here. She had his campaign posters like hung up all over her bedroom, you know, like boy band posters. She had like Warren G. Harding 
posters hung up in her bedroom the first encounter that people document she like goes to his house and is like hey I have your pictures hung up all over my bedroom but I'd really like to add a real picture of the two of us together to go with it yes yeah get it girl it's creepy also get it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so wild she was infatuated with him it, it mm-hmm. kind of lines up to me like people describe him as being you know handsome and well-groomed um and he's like you know this powerful man in the city I get it but it is like creepy to I mean, me that he's 30 years older than her I'm, I'm looking at him he's kind of hot he's got a great brow ridge I mean let's take a picture of him young but like Warren was kind of a good looking guy oh my young whew. I yeah no I would Mm. young Warren Harding could get it oh my god what a babe <laughs> this is the first time that I've actually been like struck by someone in our podcast okay wait I googled him before and was like wait no you have to, no type in Warren fine. G Harding young no, okay. type in young oh my lord with and without the mustache like you know how I about a mustache for me I'm a, a big mustache fan yeah, no, for fucking real. Oh, right. This is yeah. okay. He in his old uh, no 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 men's is hot. <laughs> in his older pictures, he reminds me of Carson from Downton Abbey. Oh, uh, Downton Abbey. He yes. so looks like him. Yes, he really does. So I wasn't, you know, super infatuated, but you're right. Like young, he is kind of strapping with the mustache only. Yeah, no, I am here for it. I mean, he. He looks so much like Carson. Oh, my God. Also, the actor who plays Carson um, also plays an ogre in um, Ella uh, Ella Enchanted, the movie. I didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, I don't know where we were. But yeah, uh, young Warren G. Harding could get it. That's so, the TLDR. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Nan Britton basically <clears throat> has a crush on him. Basically, like, pursues it. She goes to get her man there. So she... That's how they they met, though, like the first time was her asking for a picture and then kind of like just being in Marion, a small town, like there are a lot of connections, like family connections. Um, So Mm -hmm. then at one point, though, she ends up writing him and asking for a job. Um, And he sets her up with a clerical position in the U.S. Steel Corporation in Washington, D.C. So Mm -hmm. she comes to DC and they start their rendezvous, their tryst, basically. I guess I don't know what order I want to do this, but after Warren Harding's death, Britain came forward with uh, publicly with a claim that she had a daughter with Warren Harding named Elizabeth Ann. And in 1972, there was this autobiography published and it's called The President's Daughter. I literally just saw that looking at pictures. I need to stop looking at pictures of her because I keep getting all these great bits that I think you're going to tell me. So I'm going to (laughs) stop. Yeah. So this, this book details their six year affair that they had. And some of the things that she talks about in there is that one of their favorite places to get it on was in a closet in the white house. And yeah, they'd go in this like broom closet and start banging. And then a secret (laughs) service agent would stand outside and knock on the door when Florence Harding's wife would be coming. So then they. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple thoughts here. First of all, one, um, 
I don't know what, okay, let's just, maybe let's say it's a, as a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood, what if they did a sexy tour of the White House, all the places <laughs> that people have been stripping, and I want, I would, I would pay, buy a ticket on that tour, absolutely, right, like, let's just look at the misdeeds of former commanders in chief, and use that money, you know, to pay for health education <laughs> for young men and women and they's, yeah, right, and then uh, my other thought is, um, you're basically in charge of the White House, sir. Like, unless you're into like voyeurism, which is fine, or sorry, exhibitionism, which clearly you're probably not because you're like, if you have the safeguard of the Secret Service agent, how much, like, clearly it's not adding that much like zest to the experience. So like, why aren't you boning somewhere else? I mean, maybe it is fun, right? Like to do it somewhere a little forbidden. And that was like their, what if it like happened in the closet? like without it and then it became a thing in the closet that's all i can think i mean they did bang other places so she she does talk about that so the closet was the closet the closet was came up quite a bit also she's super pretty i just looked yeah yeah she is she is really pretty and Mm -hmm. she's you know what 20 at the time when he's like 50 so i keep keep forgetting that but um they also would bang like um, when he was a senator, like on the couch in his office. And that is where the daughter was um, <laughs> saved. Yes. She also talks in the book, like some strange language about like becoming his bride, meaning like when they banged for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. When they consummated the the marriage in air quotes. Um, and they did that in a hotel, but it was like, it was just weird to me. When she's like, I became his bride. I don't really know how to, I mean, again, like she's an adult, but like at the same time, it's like, I, I don't know how to think of it. Like, of course it's a power trip. I mean, granted, she kind of sought him out and like, yeah, of course she's got agency, you know, like Mm -hmm. you do you and takes you to tango. I don't necessarily condone somebody who like actively goes for a married man. That's its own thing. But all I keep thinking of is like Monica Lewinsky, who is a young woman, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like she's, it's kind of a weird parallel there, right? Like she already had a job at the White House mm-hmm. and is being coerced in this relationship. And even if she isn't, you know, even if it's consensual to a degree, there's still that power dynamic there, right? Like he should have known better. So it really interesting. And people make tons of parallels between Monica Lewinsky yeah. and Nan Britton, mm-hmm. similar to what you're saying, right? Like the age yeah. gap, the <clears throat> president, and like an underling type thing, like like lots of comparisons there. Yeah. I feel slightly different about Nan because it definitely feels like Nan like seeks it out, which I don't know if makes it okay, but Monica Lewinsky to me feels like she was. Oh, she's a victim. Absolutely. Like not, not one bit. Uh, Bill Clinton can go fuck himself. Hillary Clinton can go fuck herself for slut shaming. An intern that your husband- we don't, I, I don't know if there was sexual assault in there, but at the very least intimidated into having sex with him. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm just saying it's interesting. It's like, I don't know where, cause I don't know her, right. I don't know Nan Britton mm-hmm. and I don't know her side of the story. Um, so like, I don't know how to feel. That's all I'm saying is like, I don't know how to feel right. Like with Monica Lewinsky, I of course know how to feel. Yep. Which I obviously most people didn't because people suck uh and most people <laughs> on the new anchors were men but uh or even like all i'm saying is like i agree with you like i don't know how to feel about it man doesn't feel she, exploited. 
Yes. She doesn't feel exploited to me. It, it, she does say like, like she loved him her entire life. Like her, her grandchildren say like she was in love with him. Um, so it, it just feels a lot more consensual, consensual, like, like they were both like yeah. in love in this relationship. Okay. Well then, I mean like good then, I guess. I mean, yeah, basically she has this child out of mm-hmm. wedlock he's married and Harding never saw Elizabeth Ann the child but he would make generous child support payments okay um, so he that, knew yeah so he knew but never met the baby but then the secret service would hand deliver these child support payments Aww. I know which is really sweet but was her last name Harding or Britain it was neither it was Elizabeth Ann Christian I don't know why. uh, Oh my God. It's like, maybe it's not, but like all I can think of is like, it's a pioneer Christian name, which is your given name. So they gave her the last name, which I guarantee they didn't think of because my mind works in weird ways. (laughs) Yeah. I like it that way. Um, So, but the problem was after his death, after Harding's death, the payment stopped, like the child support payment stopped. And so Britain tried to sue his estate to gain a trust fund for for their daughter, but she failed in that and, and wasn't given any money. And now she's like the single unwed mother mm-hmm. to support a baby doesn't have the financial support. Wait, how expecting. old is Elizabeth at this point? She would have, is she been, like brand new. She's not brand new. She's like prob- a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Under the age of five. Okay. Okay. Oh, baby. Yeah. A little baby. And so because she's not getting these payments anymore, she, that's why she goes and writes this book, the president's daughter, um, to try to basically fund and support her child. Yeah. Yeah. And the book is really successful. It sells, uh, 90,000 copies, and it's dedicated to all unwed mothers and to their innocent children whose fathers are usually not known to the world. So like I a little love later. that. Yeah. No, I am. I mean, granted, I'm a bastard. Everyone, most people who are adopted are bastards. But like, <laughs> let's put it, like, granted, I don't think I was the product of, or I know I was not the product of some great love affair, but uh, I am here for it, especially at the time when like being an unwed mother automatically just like cut your credibility completely. Yeah. Like up until like very recently, even still, it's, there's like some stigma attached to that. Oh, for sure. And people at the time are like vicious to her. Like when this book comes out, people are, they're like, she's lying. This is not true. Um, She's met with public ridicule. People called her a sex pervert and a degenerate. So she's like, she's doing her best. And then like, she's telling her story and people are like, that's not true. You just want attention, which at the time, no one like really, really knew. Right. It was all like he said, she said, but he is dead. So all we've got is her side of the story. I mean, I call myself a degenerate. So I mean, like that's, we should put that on t-shirt sex pervert hyphen degenerate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's been like a, like a big mystery kind of like is an in the child Warren Harding's like family and descendants all are like, absolutely not. She's the liar. She's just wants mm-hmm. attention. She she's in it for the money. And she's like, no, like we were in love. I love him very much. Mm-hmm. And this is our child. So fast forward to like modern day 
And after nearly 100 years of rumors and historical speculation, uh, we had some DNA testing come out that yeah. like, finally solved the mystery. Um, so the DNA testing confirmed that President Warren Harding had a child out of wedlock and it was his only biological child and it was Eek. the one that he had with Nan Britton. Yes. Yeah. Right. So this whole time people are like, Nan sucks. Nan is crazy. And like, mm-hmm. she's telling the truth the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so people like they did, they ended up doing like a 23andMe, like Anchest.com yeah. um, type thing. And they were able to prove that James Blazing, who is the son of Harding's biological okay. daughter. So this is Elizabeth Ann's son. Elizabeth Ann's son. Yes. And yes. he is the second cousin of Warren Harding's grandnephew, Peter Harding. Okay. So, okay. So they didn't have to exhume uh, no. Warren. Okay. That is like a part, like contentious that the like Britain side of the family wants to exhume the body. Um, but that's, there's, they haven't yet. Um, and the families are kind of fighting over it. Well, technically they're allowed to, cause yeah. I mean, if, any grandchild has the grant. Ooh, I love it. I love it when shit gets juicy at this podcast. That's why we have this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I am loving this retribution. Like this yes. woman has, his, yeah, her line had the Britain line has just as much right to his body as does his own line. But it, it also feels to me like, like we've proved it with DNA testing. So I don't know oh, that yeah. we need to I mean it's not my grand grand well, I, I daddy, agree but, you know I I think it's more just the fact that like they might need to exhume the body for a level I know certain with DNA testing because of course there's always a margin of error mm-hmm. um and usually how it works is like um one in 10 billion or something right like that's like to the nth degree but with DNA testing they for certain legal things they might need to have like a higher degree of certainty or a lower degree of uncertainty that's more how you'd put it yeah so they might need to use the actual corpse to to get that dna that's they have had of. a match with so that grandnephew peter harding and grandniece abigail harding so they they have had like multiple Shh, people yeah. connect so it's it's pretty unlikely that they're not related but but I'm talking about precedent, though, like because some things require you to have mm. like a first degree match. That's I mean, like obviously like clearly they're related. Yeah. Right. You have the speculation. You have that. But like that's all I'm that's like the only reason that I can think of why they'd want that. Still, yep. you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, with this, like part of the problem for Nan was that she like Harding had also asked her to destroy the letters like he did with Carrie Phillips and Nan did Nan like listened and she destroyed all their letters um so then like that was part of the problem like the yeah you didn't have any of this proof right um Mm -hmm. at the time but the search to prove that Britain's story was true Mm -hmm. um Uh it came when Harding's grandnephew Peter he was he found a copy of the book, The President's Daughter, in his sister's possessions. Okay. Wait, how old is this nephew this time? It's his grandnephew. So he's he's like in his 60s at this point. Okay, okay. Yeah. So his he found this book in his sister's belongings, and his sister mm-hmm. had the belongings because she got them from her their dad. So I don't okay. know if there's a better way to say that, but 
So Peter Harding was looking at items that his dad passed on to them. So is this, okay, wait, so Peter, okay. So this is Warren Harding's brother's children? Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. And so Warren Harding's brother had, no, Warren Harding's brother's children's children. Okay, wait. Okay, yes, okay. okay. Warren Harding's brother. Brother's children are his, so his grand, yeah, okay. Warren Harding's brother's grandchildren. Yes, yes. Cool. And so the, like Warren Harding's would have been his nephew, I guess, Mm -hmm. had this book the president's daughter and then mm-hmm. once he passed away peter the grandnephew found it and so he starts okay. reading this book and he's like wait a minute what nan is describing exactly matches up to the letters that i'm seeing from oh. carrie phillips and he's like this seems because those letters were sealed right like when yeah Nan's well, mm-hmm. and no one knew about carrie's letters at the time that nan wrote the book mm-hmm. so he's yeah. like oh my god Nan is not lying. Like this same man wrote, wrote them these these things. So Peter starts Mm -hmm. to put it together there. He, yeah, basically that's, that's how he figures this out. So he, and he also read this book. It was an autobiography that's, or I'm sorry. It was a biography that was written. Robinolt's 19, no, no. Robinolt is the author who wrote this book in 2009. Um, and okay. it's called The Harding Affair, Love and Espionage During the Great War. And so that detailed the affair between Harding and Carrie. And then reading that book right after reading The President's Daughter, he was like, they're the same. But like up until that time, like the Harding family had all had this like continuing narrative that Nan is a delusional woman who believes in fantasy is the quote that I found. Oh, the family believed that Harding was sterile. So they were like, he can't have been the father because he's sterile. And they thought that because he had mumps as a child. And so okay, that, all right. is, okay. that is real that like, it, yeah, you can be sterile after having mumps. So everyone thought, oh, not possible for him. Men basically, obviously like erectile dysfunction is a thing. And that's actually not something with like the health of your junk. It's spinal health. Like that's, that's, Mm. which is a whole other thing, right? Like your boners are controlled by your spine, which cool. Uh, well, yeah, it's cool. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I think it's cool as a biology nerd men for the most part, stay the same from puberty to death, right? Like you can, you can father a child. if, If you can still produce sperm, you can father a child until you croak right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you don't even have to get it up. Like you can father a child and women of course change. Right. So let's say that his sperm production was impeded, but not necessarily halted by his mumps. Right. And by mm-hmm. the time that he was, if he was still having sex with his wife, right. Um, Florence, assuming they were still having sex by the time that his sperm had reached its, its capacity to like actually function again, maybe she couldn't have kids to that point. Mm. Right. So Right. What if, or also they weren't have to, right. Like right. things can take time to work. I have no idea. Like some urologist is probably like, oh my God, these idiots, it's not how it works. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, and also I grant most of the time they always blame the woman. So like, I'm glad they blamed him, even though it might not have been his fault, but like, yeah, I think it's really stupid when they're like, it's, they blame one party of a couple for well, being infertile. And in this case, it's like, it feels like the family does not want to believe oh, yeah, that for sure. he had a, another child. So 
you know, that's the only time where I feel like yeah. a man would be blamed. Oh, for I know. And they're like, no. infertility. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but basically now, like, it's kind of, it's interesting because it, it felt very much like the, what, Hatfields and the McCoys, like mm-hmm. these two families that have been like fighting yeah. basically forever. They're all from Marion, Ohio, right? So mm-hmm. like. Wait, wait, she's from Marion, Ohio too? Did I miss that? Yeah. Well, that's how oh, they shit. first met. Yeah. And so oh. obviously like all the descendants don't like still live there, but yeah. like they've always had this like contention. And now mm-hmm. the family is having like a hard time. Like people have grown up like, being like she's a liar and now they're like wait we have evidence that says otherwise and people are like some people are like great we have more people in the family and some people in the family are like absolutely not I I don't trust it basically what you're saying like I need the first degree proof I like yeah yeah. but like okay okay I have a question though so I maybe we don't know like do we know if like the the main detractors are of the older generation or if they're just certain people who are like, nope, I don't actually, I don't know how much money the Harding line could possibly have, but like, <laughs> I mean, are they like, are I, they just, gener- yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things, like it's a family, like, like family story or like, that's like your, your. Okay. Your so it's, <laughs> It's kind of non-specific to like generation. It's just like those people who can't let it go. And it, it does feel like the people that were vocal about it were like the older uh, okay. yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And then like mm-hmm. the younger, younger ones, they all are like in their fifties and sixties. Like they're not that young, yeah. but. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, it's like, also like, it's like, okay, would I be jazzed if my beloved grandparent or like not even grandparent, their great uncle had an affair. Like again, like they need to stop being so precious about it. Like he wasn't even your dad or your grandpa, right? right? Like you're distantly, re- distantly related to a president and you're now bitter that you have to share that <laughs> small fucking pie with somebody who actually has a claim. Someone's actual child. Yeah. That's just, that's depressing. Like that's, yeah. that's, if, if that's the coolest thing about you, that your great uncle was a president. Right, was the president. You're, you're so boring. How boring do you have to be to actually care? Oh my God, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in the end, um, you know, Nan was, was telling the truth. Oh, and that's mm-hmm. the other thing is that, and, and we kind of mentioned this, that like Nan Britain's side of the family, all like, you know, they grew up believing. Yeah. He is the mm-hmm. or Harding was the, the, the father um and they all said that like whenever Nan Britton would talk about him like even when she was old and like like super old like her eyes would light up and she was just like always like super in love with him which was so that, sweet so sweet that's really cute yeah I but I love that they were in love I love that yes Yes. And and that makes me feel like a little bit better about it. <laughs> it's okay. Well, like my, I feel like I mentioned this in a different episode. Like, well, I have friends actually, no, I have, well, as close of friends as, you know, a 26 year old can be with like a 50 something year old, but like I have my parents' friends or like friends of friends, whatever, um, uh, who are in like big age gap, you know, romances, right? Like 15 Mm. years, 20 years, right? Like, and they're super happy, right? Like, I don't, I mean, I have a couple friends who either have a sugar daddy or they did marry for money, right? Like they were 24 years old and they married a 50 year old. And there was like, again, like a contractual obligation, right? Like 
you go into your marriage, understand that you're going to respect one another. Like, sure, mm-hmm. it's part of it, but like woman has security. Man has a young part. He wants kids. Right? Like I, there's nothing wrong with that to me. And I no. So like, I don't think, I think a lot of times it can be creepy. I'd say most cases, but when it does work out, I have zero issue with it. So like, if this is one of those cases where it was a cool vibe, fuck yeah. Get it, Anne. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty much it on Warren Harding. I think the most interesting things about him were the ladies in his life. So that's always positive, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Side note. I feel like considering he named his penis, Jerry, he missed a big opportunity giving him the fact that his last name was Harding. I mean, like, come on, Warren, <laughs> like, I didn't even <laughs> think about that. <laughs> <laughs> the original Hardy boy. Uh, <laughs> wow. Warren. I mean, I kind of, that was a really good episode. Ellen. <laughs> I am. Um, I granted, I know we're only on like what episode, like six, five, maybe this will be our I'm not sure. Fourth. This will be our fifth. Fourth, fifth. Fifth. Yeah. And we recorded a couple extras for those who are. Yeah. That we haven't released yet, but, um, I love how I feel like when I'm researching for an episode, I have like found everything. And I feel like I've like, I was like, oh man, I, I, there's, I've gone through so much material, like nothing can surprise me. And like, I never would have thought of this. And it's, I love being surprised. I love hearing a story that you've done. I know. And this one, I like, I had no idea about Warren Harding. Like I said, I feel like he's one that I'm like, yeah, like when we learn the president song, he's mm-hmm. in there, but I would not be able to tell you any facts about yeah. him. But once I started seeing like the thing that really was like, I have to do an episode was the cruise to Japan to his first mission. Yeah. That, I was like, all right, I don't even care what comes <laughs> next. And then I saw he had a secret love child. And then I saw it was confirmed by DNA testing. And I was like, this is it. Warren, you got me. But and th- there you have it, listeners. That's all it takes. You got a trip to Japan, a secret love child, and bam, an episode of Hot Gas History That's- is b- born. <laughs> if uh, <laughs> as litner- listeners, you have similar topics, any other Japanese cruises, drop it in our Instagram. Send us an email at hotgashistory at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at hotgashistory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and as always, listeners. Stay Stay juicy! (laughs) (laughs) And as always, thanks to Pat and Alex from This Side of Paradise for writing our music for our intros, outros, and everything in between.